Because tefillah is made up of many different parts. And I'm using specifically the word tefillah, not prayer. Because it's much more deeper than just you know, coming once, coming three times a day and, 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 um, and saying something. Right? We're used to coming three, three times a day, we say some words, we did it, it's a good thing, very good, I go on with my day. Tefillah, the word, the word itself, is more not an external action that I do, rather something internal that is that that goes beyond the actual time that I'm standing in front of that I'm standing in Shul Davin or wherever I am. That's the the. the Actually, I have a question about yeah. languages. Some people say that oh, you should read in Russian because it's not it's not what you should only read in Hebrew. Is that true? So I can tell you what halachadik You should daven in a language that you understand. There are certain things, like the first pasuk of Kriyashma, that you should say in Lashon Kodesh. What I, personally, what I would say is that eventually you should, person should strive to learn and to understand the holy tongue, Lashon Hakodesh, the way that Siddur is written, the way that prayers are written, only because that it's it's more than just the language like uh, Russian, English, or French. So, but because a, I want to understand exactly what so right, but if you, you sh- if you don't understand, you should daven in the language that you understand. And we're going to talk soon about uh, the difference between davening shachas menachamayrev and talking to Hashem throughout the day. It's two separate uh, concepts. <laughs> I shouldn't say two separate concepts. They're all talking to Hashem, but they they're they're all each one has its own place. Um, and. Yes, you sh- you should. You need to understand what you're saying. A person should work at learning, at being able to say the Hebrew words, and and, and knowing the translation. That's possible. Right? That's what everyone does. And your average kid growing up in, in America, even he goes to yeshiva, doesn't know Lashon Kodesh. So we teach them. Right? We, we, it takes years. It starts from the younger years. Where you take bracha by bracha, and you and you at least the translation of the words. There are interlinear sidurim for that purpose. There definitely is an advantage to you, sh- and you should be davening Lashon Kodesh, but if it's doing that and not understanding, and um, not doing it at all, you should, um, you, should do, you should do what you need to understand, but not as a permanent way. Because at the end of the day, it was, when I'm, and I'm, when I'm talking specifically about the Tfilas and the Siddim, and Shachar's Min Chamayrev, that was instituted in Lashon HaKodesh. However, throughout the... And therefore, even if you don't necessarily understand everything, I mean, you need to know the, at least the first bracha of Shemanesri, what the words mean. Um, because the whole essence of tefillah is specifically understanding and, and having kavan. <clears throat> However, um, throughout the day, a person could be, could be in a conversation with Hashem. And that sh- definitely should be in the, in the language that you're talking to your friend. I mean, not talking, you're talking to the king of kings, talking to your father, but it should be in it's, it's a conversation, the way you talk to another person. Um, so that's we're going to... Today we're going to try to cover a little bit um, the concept of prayer, period. What is it? And next week we're going to go more deeper into 
the prayers that we pray, Shachas Mechamar, where did that come from? The concept of prayer at all, is it an obligation? Is it not an obligation? Must I do it? Must I not do it? If so, what are the sources? Where, does it, where, where do we know that from? So that will cover um, next week, God willing. However, this week, I would want to go more into, into introduc- introduction to the concept of prayer. Many, many of us have... I'll give an extreme example. We have a... We have no idea. And, and I, I, said that I, I say this from speaking to people who've grown up in, in the system and, and, and uh, have gone to Jewish schools. and have, uh, they're, not, they're not coming off the street today. And they're in their 40s, they're in their, their 45, and they're hitting 50. And they're only starting to uncover and understand and appreciate this tremendous gift of prayer that we have. So, that's what we're going to try to understand over here. What is it? What, what do we have that's so special? Why am I doing it? So, first and foremost, let's go uh, to Apostle and Chumash in Parshish Chayisara. When Rivka comes to meet Yitzchak, and Eliezer is bringing her back from her father's home, so they're coming, and as, they, as they're coming, they see Yitzchak going to the field, And the Pasuk says, Vayetze Yitzchak Lasuach Basada. Lifnois Arev. Yitzchak went out to supplicate in the field toward evening, and he raised his eyes and saw. Behold, camels were coming. So, where was Yitzchak going? Lasuach Basada. So, the, the translation of supplicate, but. That's already with the explanation. Simply the word lasuach means to have a conversation. He went to talk. Who are you talking to? There's a Gemara that says um, in, in um, Kedushin, very, very, very well-known piece of Chazal that our sages have taught us, and everyone uses this to say that, you know, women talk a lot. The Gemara says, Asara kaben sicha yardu The Gemara goes through a bunch of things where a certain amount of measures of a certain attribute or, or, or trait came down into the world, and a certain group of people took most of it, and the rest went to the rest of the world. So, specifically with sicha, with speech, Asara kaben sicha yardu, ten measures of speech, of conversation, came down into this world. Nine of those measures were taken by the woman, and the rest for the rest of the world. For men. Men and, and, and uh, other creations, there's also a, a form of speech. Not the way we talk. Um, that we, we have a, a higher power of Dibur as human beings, of actually articulating and communicating that way, but. Tisha not lunoshim. No, so Tisha, they, the women speak the most, they talk, they can't stop, they can't close their mouth, they talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. It's not true. Because it's explained over there that Sicha is referring to Tfilah. I think it's a Rashi, if I remember correctly. 
this conversation is referring to prayer. So, what, what, what is what that supposed to mean? Right? And Rashi explains over here: Losuach, Loshin Tfilok, and Moishpoichsichai. You're pouring out what you have to say. You're pouring yourself out. When I ask, tell, tell you conversation, I'm going to have a conversation with you or with someone else. How do you picture that happening? What's the scene in your in your mind? We'll go back the other way. When I tell you speech, you, I'm giving a speech, or you're giving a speech, or a lecture, maybe. Well, how does that appear in your mind? The scene. Right? One person talking, and everyone else maybe listening. Maybe yes, maybe not. Some sleeping, some not sleeping. But is do we see a two-way something two-way happening here? What do you mean two-way? Is is something happening in both ways? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, I'm giving a speech to someone who's listening. Someone, either either or. <laughs> they look, or at least they look like they're listening. You're right. Now, how about when you're having a conversation with someone? So, it's a personal, if it's like a one-on-one one on one conversation, or even three people, four people are sitting together, you're talking. So, also, you, you're saying that someone is listening. What, uh, no one's talking back? Of course, someone is talking back. So, but is that imperative to, meaning, let's say, let's say nobody would be talking back. Is that still called a conversation? Or is that called a speech? If, if someone is not talking back, it's Mm -hmm. right here right and that's basically the understanding that most people have so conversation sicha this concept that we just learned teaches us that the talking back part is not is not necessarily is not necessitated for it to be called a conversation many people have a question I'm Prayer, yes. I open up a sitter, I say a bunch of words. Am I talking to someone? Is if I, who, who's listening? Like, what's what's happening here? Right? We don't we don't look at it as a conversation, do we? What is prayer? prayer. What is what it was? I, I say some words, and so what? Abracadabra? No, you just appreciate whatever you got, and you ask. For that, I have to come to shul. Wake up in the morning. I opened my eyes and said, wow, what a gorgeous morning it is. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And on with my day I go. Which is also important. You have to, when as soon as we wake up, we open our eyes, we say moidani. Where we admit, the word moida means also to admit. Where we recognize that who gave me back my soul? Who woke me up in the morning? Thank you, God. Right? That's not what prayer is. That's appreciation. That's not a prayer. It's a statement. So again, Bayeti Lasuach Basada the Sicha is a con- is, is conversation. And it's referring to prayer. How so how could it be referring to prayer? Isn't prayer something that I just say? And do I hear an answer? Not necessarily. Is there always an answer? Maybe not. 
is there a physical person standing in front of me that I'm talking to? No. So we call that a conversation. Conversation as I go and I have a cigar with my friend. We talk to each other, you know. We this is something we he's listening, he's answering me back. That's what I have a conversation. We that's not what a conversation is. Conversation is when there's one and, and Rashi here explains it beautifully. When you're giving out and somebody else is not just hearing you with their ears, but listening. Listening and taking in what you have. Taking in whatever it is that you're saying. That changes the whole picture. Because it's not anymore, you know, right? I come, I have to say this and this amount of pages, and then I'm going to have a good day. No. It's a relationship. It's a conversation. It's a time in the day that I designate to focus. It's like a date night, three times a day. That's really well, that's what Shmoneser is, the, 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 the Amida prayer. Everything else is an introduction to that. But it's, it's a time when I'm standing in front of God at an official meeting. So how do we understand this, uh, you know, talking? Is he listening? Is he answering? So my Rebbe, Rebbe Zeril Erlanger, the Mir Mashgiach, when I was getting married and I was going out and we were discussing you know, after the dates and how do we you know how do I understand this and how do we how do I really know if this, if this is for me if it's not for me so and especially by dating people are very afraid of silence they're very afraid of it's too quiet in general when people are together and it's too quiet it's too quiet you know, what's going on why are you afraid of quiet? Because there's some sort of discomfort, which is a subject for itself, and every situation is different. That cultivates itself, and you know something's off. So the the the, the talking is just noise to quiet down any dis- un- uncomfortable feelings. So when I was discussing with him about you know when I was going out, what happened was I was going out with my wife. He said. Good, you have a lot to talk about. But when do you know how to be silent with each other? Just to be quiet. Have a few minutes of just quiet. You don't always have to be talking. Four hours straight, you're not stopped to talk? Four or five, we would go for longer. So what does this mean to be silent to be able to be silent? How do I thought you're not because when you're silent you're still communicating with each other. You're communicating that I enjoy your presence. There is a communication. There's something coming out and there's something coming, being accepted and going both ways. When we finish davening, there's a statement, there's a, there's a sentence that we say at the end. We say, That the words that I said should be accepted by you, Hashem, but also the thoughts that are deep, 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 deep inside my heart that I didn't necessarily articulate, but you know, just because of our relationship, you know me, you love me, you know what, I, what I'm really feeling, you know what I'm really, what's really on my mind. Take that as well, even though I didn't necessarily say it in words. I had a gorgeous story about a, um, one of the Chassid Shitzadikim from generations past. He was passing by a pub. And in the pub, he saw two 
you know, peasants. Chachli, what are they called? Two chlopze. Two chlopze sitting in the pub, and they were drunk. They were drinking one shot after another shot. They had the first shot, and they had the second one, and they had the booster, and the other booster. And, and they were getting woozy and drunk and, and totally, totally let go of themselves. And one of them asked the other one, says, Ivan Ivanovich, ты меня любишь? You love me? He said, of course. How can I not? Vladimir Vladimirovich, how can I not love you? You're such a good friend. We're so close. We're so this. He said, then tell me what I'm feeling right now. I think I'm saying all the story correctly. Tell me what I'm feeling. And he wasn't, because he was able to, I don't remember the end of that. But that's a very true statement. Because when you really love someone, you can you can communicate with them without talking. When you have a, a mother or a parent, the child is crying, he's not talking, he's a little baby, doesn't know how to talk, can't articulate himself, but somehow a parent knows what the child wants. Nobody else will understand it. And the parent knows exactly what the child wants. This cry means to eat, that cry means to sleep, this cry means something else. How is that? Because of the, the depth of that connection. Because the end of the day, it's the that are connected. So that's what we have with Hashem. And that's our power of conversation. Hashem doesn't need us to come here and, and, and just babble of words. Without any, that, that's why tefillah specifically, is. We, we'll talk about that also next week, God willing. We learn it from a passage of V'avadatem b'chol Vavat, uh, um, I'm sorry. My apologies. I said the wrong pasuk. And you shall serve Hashem your God. And from here we learn that this is referring to to um, prayer. We'll expound on this next week, God willing. And um, the Ramam explains that. What is this work that comes from the heart? That's tefillah. The essence of tefillah is something, it's not just saying words, it's something that has to occupy your heart, has to occupy yourself. You're investing your entire being into, into this relationship, into this conversation. So therefore, specifically with tefillah, right, tefillin, right, I put aside, I, this thing, I physically put on tefillin. I physically put on tzitzis. Sukkah, I physically go into the sukkah. Chala, you, you physically take the challah from the dough. Every, the, tefillah is something that it's not physically necessarily. It's me. It's, if it, it has to do with my mind and my heart. And if those are not there, I didn't pray. I maybe said some words, but I can have a tape recorder doing the same thing. Why not? 
there's a, there's a no, I'm not going to say that now. To the point that we we hold that if we come out that it's referring to the first blessing of Shmonesri, if someone says that and doesn't understand what he's talking about, he has to do it again. Because he didn't do it. He didn't get to where... So that's what tefillah is. When we say in the, when, that the women have ten measure, nine measures of prayer and the rest of the world has one, that means that the power of, of uh, measures of conversation, the power of prayer by women is much stronger than by anyone else. Definitely than for men. What is, why? Because the tefillah is, is their conversation. They have an easier time forming this conversation on, on, a, on a real level than a man, for example. Their level of closeness, so because their level of clo- closeness to Hashem, because the conversation, if, you, if you're close to someone, you can have a conversation. If you're not, it's very hard to have a conversation. You need to break the ice somehow. You need to have some sort of you know, introduction to have a real conversation. So that's what this is all about. We're having a conversation. Now, there's a difference between the Shachas Min which corresponds specifically to the times of the offerings that were brought in in the Beis HaMikdash that has, has an added attribute of why we have certain times for davening why we have certain you know how, how that's built but before we get there even first of all the concept of talking to Hashem and this that can happen the whole day and it should happen the whole day if you're looking for a parking spot Hashem help me how do you bring Hashem into your life? Also, the Mikdash Hashem How do we bring Him? How do we bring God into our lives? We have to develop that relationship. How can you develop a relationship without conversing? It means whether you're talking or you're sitting on your own, but you're thinking. You're thinking. You're, you're hoping. You're, you're you're asking. You're praising. You're constantly in that conversation and that giving and accepting. You're giving of yourself. You're pouring out your heart. You're pouring yourself out, and Hashem is listening. Hashem is. is accepting what you said what you're saying and what you're thinking and that's a tremendous tremendous privilege that we have to be able to have such a one-on-one right? think about it Hashem is the Melech Malach how do you normally talk to someone who is in such a high caliber in third person we right? or the king said so we don't say you but it, but Hashem, we do say you. We say Baruch Atah. What, what, what it says in the all these forum, what, what happens when, when a Jew says Baruch Atah Hashem is, is mind-boggling. Tremendous. We'll get to it, God willing. But f- first, to realize and appreciate the tremendous privilege that we have and tremendous power that we have And tremendous power that we have to not just come and, and we're not saying words, but to actually converse and connect on the highest level with none other than Avinu Avarachaman, our loving father, who is the king of all kings and creator and ruler and controls everything. So that's as an introduction, and we'll get deeper into it next week. Thank you very much for coming. Have a wonderful evening.
next class.